It's the last day of July. Can you believe it? That means we've got about 65, 75 days of hot weather left, and then Florida will be uh, better. Now, I did see something, and this is a little to encourage you. The worst has not yet come. Uh, yesterday, I was looking at records of temperatures in Sarasota, Florida. The record low high, in other words, the low for the day, the highest in recorded history was in 1994, eight or something like that. I remember the night. It was 85 degrees is the coolest it got, and it was like 372% humidity. And so there you go. So, uh, September in Florida is the toughest month of the year. The grass is very thick at that time. It's hard to mow, and uh, it's punishing. But it's the 31st of July. It is Sunday, and it's time for the CG Prophecy Report. Keeling over for no apparent reason in Canada. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, we got some news from Israel today from NBC. The U.S. is planning to build a new embassy in Jerusalem. Palestinian families say the area is stolen. Now, I guarantee you that if the U.S. builds an embassy on land, they have done their due diligence. I don't care what anybody says, but here you go. Thistles and brown grass blanket, a patch of earth in a modern Jerusalem neighborhood, likely slated to be a part of a new U.S. embassy. But according to Houston pathologist Dr. Hassan Khaladi, Israel has no right to grant the American government permission to build there. That's because he believes the 7.5-acre plot belongs to other Palestinian families like his own. The issue here is more than a simple property dispute and instead touches on one of the most sensitive flashpoints of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, the city of Jerusalem. The Khalidis and other Palestinian families claim also provides an insight into the convictions and the sense of loss that underpin many Palestinians' relations with Israel overall. These claims are based on denying the validity of Israeli law. I voted for Biden. I, well, I don't have any sympathy for the guy there. And I was having some high hopes there may be some changes, she said. It is disappointing to see that as Palestinians, we have lost so much over the past 70 plus years. Well, if you go back and you actually look at what Israel was like before the Jews started moving back, there wasn't anything being done there. Nobody wanted that land. In fact, the Jews paid exorbitant prices. They bought swamp land. They bought land that was filled with thorns and thistles, and it was unlivable, and they went in there and they subdued the land. And all of a sudden, everybody wants that land again. So I don't believe this guy. I don't believe anything they say on that side. We have history on our side to tell us the truth of this particular issue. And if they wanted that land, they should have built on it, and they didn't. So from Ynet. Women and transgender may soon feature on Israel's road signs. Oh boy. Israel's transport and road safety ministry has been apparently has been examining the possibility of adding female silhouettes to road signs across the country in an effort to promote equality of all genders. The ministry has held several meetings about the subject with officials from the police and Bezalel Academy of Arts and Design, whose students will help redesign the new signs. Does anybody know where the name Bezalel comes from? Bezalel Academy of Arts and Design? It comes from... 
the Bible. In Exodus, a man is chosen to do the work of constructing the implements for the tabernacle in the wilderness. His name is Bezalel, son of Aholiath. Okay, so there you go with that. Anyway, um, the ministry has been in control of road signage, which it inherited from the British mandate since the 1960s. Since then, not much has changed in the road signage, we all know, but an upcoming change will probably be the most significant in recent history. You know, we got these signs and they show a person walking across the road. What more do you need, right? We got to go through this nonsense in countries all over the world. Half the world's already done it. And Israel, we want to be just like all of the nations. And what does the Lord say? That will never happen. That will never happen, and they will be judged for what they're doing. But we'll go on. According to officials, the process will take a long time since a change in road signage would require a new legislation, which they can't get a government that lasts more than 18 minutes, and so it may never happen. But it's going to require new legislation. A ministry official leading the project said that the gender diversity in road signage is a part of a wider plan to promote gender equality in public spaces. The signs are a language, and it's important to us to include everyone. Women today are excluded from the public space. Now, I've been to Israel, and I've seen women walking all over the place. They're not excluded from anything. If this is what they call inclusion, there's a problem with these people. That's all I can say. And we're taking steps to diversify signs with images of women and even transgender people. Now, how do you have a transgender person on a sign? You're either a male or you're a female. If you've transed from one to the other, you're still either a male or a female. So it's insane, okay? The change in road signage is already underway in some parts of the world. Some countries in Europe, like the UK and Switzerland, as well as Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and India are already using multi-gendered road signs. According to the ministry, the ones to decide on where the road signs will be stalled will be mayors of local authorities in accordance with the ministry's guidelines. Should the reform go through, we could see signs featuring both genders in the coming years. Let's just confuse the issue. That's all they're doing. Okay, from the Times of Israel, Israel fears major diplomatic crisis with Russia over Jewish agency. I don't know if you've seen this, but they're really up in the air over this. In the past day or so, I've seen some people saying, well, we're not going to let it interfere with our relations, but they are really upset about this. Israeli officials fear Russia's intention to shut down the Jewish agency in the country could quickly develop into a major diplomatic incident. Something small like this could eventually lead to Gog Magog. The prime minister's office said Israel would send a delegation to Moscow to meet with Russian officials after the country's justice ministry filed an appeal with a Moscow district court calling for the dissolution of the Jewish agency's operations in the country. Senior Israeli officials believe the case is a diplomatic issue, not a legal one, despite Russian claims. Rather, they assess it as a Russian response to Israel's positions on its invasion of Ukraine. Late last month, Russian authorities informed the Jewish agency, which facilitates and encourages Jewish immigration to Israel, that they plan to take legal action against the quasi-governmental organization unless it made a number of difficult demands which it did not intend to accede to. So there you go with that. Okay, we got some news from Christianity here. Uh, before I give you our first article, Ron Hicks emailed me last night. 
He's the guy that's doing the Bible typer. You know, I, he had to stop for just a little while because of some sickness, but he's back into it. He's going into the book of Job. He finished Esther a day ago. And the thing that he mentioned most about Esther was a lot of death and carnage. So if you've never read Esther, get in there and you'll find a lot of death and carnage. Okay, and my hat's off to him. He's almost, almost halfway through the Bible now, typing it out. Okay, from American Family News, McFarland, he was the uh, president of the uh, seminary that I attended when uh, I was there. It was Southern Evangelical Seminary and Bible College. McFarland, church's exit from the Southern Baptist Convention may be just the beginning. Pastor Nathaniel Jolly of Homer Reformed Baptist Church in, where is Homer, anybody? Homer, Alaska. Homer, Alaska says the SBC is a ship that is sinking, unrepairable, and it's time for us to get off. The SBC, he says in a July 21st tweeted letter, seems to value the applause of men over that of God. You know, this denomination has gone from being almost normal to zero in the past two years, probably. It is beholden to the world rather than to the word, hinders his church's witness, and is a threat to his flock. Biblical, and I, my hat is off to this guy for making this stand. Biblical apologist Dr. Alex McFarland agrees that the denomination has become too culturally relevant for its own good. When the hierarchy decides to improve itself out of business, this is what happens, he explains. People are patient, but then the time comes when they will decide to pull away. McFarland alluded to the woke leadership in many of the SBC's agencies and seminaries as more concerned with being in conformity to the culture than in conformity to scripture. The apologist admitted he is pessimistic about the future of the denomination. It is ego and politics and posturing that has rendered the SBC all but irrelevant. It's not dead, but now it is terminal. In his letter, Pastor Jolly admits he was appalled at what he saw at the annual SBC convention in Anaheim in June. Certain presidential candidates were treated with unwarranted suspicion. Conservative survivors of abuse were shut off from the mic while a megachurch pastor who ordains women as pastors, which is not allowed in the Bible, by the way, was given free reign on the floor. He also writes that the SBC promotes CRT, and in at least one instance has turned a blind eye to homosexuality and abortion within its walls. I know the CRT part is true because we have somebody that was a missionary with the uh, SBC here in this church, and she finally said, I'm done with this. She emailed him about it. She emailed him about it, and finally, I just can't be a part of this organization anymore. So hats off to that individual as well. Shame on her for not being at church today. Okay, she's traveling, so she's given a pass this, this time. Okay, these are hell-born teachings that bring death upon those who may believe them. As their under-shepherd, I cannot in good conscience expose my dear and precious flock to these godless ideologies. McFarland suggests Homer Reformed Baptist Church cannot be the only church that's leaving. For every church that does express their grief in leaving and writes a letter... There are probably 10 times that many that don't write a letter. They just quietly withdraw their financial support and the sending of messengers and their participation. Done. From Fox News, 
New York. You know, before we go on, we're in Christian news right now, and we didn't have anybody to open today. Um, it was my fault. I forgot to uh, have Ron put something together to open us, and I said, Ron, just read the book of Ruth. It took what? 15 minutes at the most. The book of Ruth. How many people have never even heard the book of Ruth or read it? It took us 15 minutes, and it was so good to hear it again and to think on what the pictures are being expressed in that, all fulfilled in Jesus Christ, every single bit of it. It is a marvelous, marvelous book. If you want to know what Ruth is about, if you've read it and you don't know what it's about, we've got the sermons right online, the series on Ruth. I think it's maybe eight sermons, taking no time to go through them. What a beautiful book. Thank you for reading that. Okay, from Fox News, New York City Bishop, I have no sympathy on this guy at all, robbed of one million plus in jewels during stream church heist, says he was targeted for celebrity status. He's wearing over a million dollars worth of stuff on him. I don't feel bad for that guy at all. Bishop Lamar Miller Whitehead, the founder of Brooklyn-based Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministries, and his wife were robbed at gunpoint during a live stream Sunday service when three masked men could be seen barging in, according to police, and images of the heist shared online. I could just see that being a setup, and he's trying to get insurance for it. You know, just the whole thing is just bad. Whitehead was in the midst of his service inside the Carnassi House of Worship, when the trio of unidentified masked men entered and flashed their guns. They made off with an estimated $1 million worth of jewelry from Whitehead and his wife. The suspects then left the building on foot and hopped into a white Mercedes Benz. That doesn't sound like your normal shakedown artist, I'm sorry, which then headed eastbound on Avenue D. From the Daily Caller, the Army has approved just 20 all of the U.S. Army, 20 permanent religious vaccine exemptions out of thousands of requests, and I'll bet you they're Muslims. I, I, they never say who it is, but I bet it ain't Christians, okay? A total of 8,000 permanent religious exemptions have been requested among the active Army, the Army National Guard, and the Army Reserve. Only 20 have been approved out of the 1,465 that have been educated so far. That's an approval rate of just over 1%. The approval rate for permanent medical exemptions isn't much better. 34 approvals out of more than 1,000 requests adjudicated. That means if you got a medical exemption. If I have this, it will harm my heart. I can't have this. And they say, sorry. Starting July 1st, members of the Guard and Reserves who did not get vaccinated or receive an exemption were prohibited from taking part in federally funded drills or trainings and have not been receiving pay or retirement credit per the orders of the Secretary of Defense, Austin. Every one of these people, from Biden all the way down, as I said last week, probably probably to the colonel level, and I can say this now because the colonel here today is retired, so he's not going to be included in what I would do to these people. I'd have them all tried, convicted, and put in prison, okay? From the Christian Post, Judge Rule's life beginning at conception is a distinctly Christian idea. Blocks Kentucky abortion bill. Imagine that. Now, I would like to ask, does anybody know what Koreans believe about life? The birthday of Korean people is the date of conception. It is not. This guy should be taken out of the, uh, whatever you call it, the podium or the judge's bench. They should get rid of him. He doesn't know 
anything. That's not unprecedented either. That, I just know that about the Koreans, is that their birthday is reckoned from the day of conception. Okay. Yeah, Muslims probably believe it too. But he, he decides that it's a Christian thing, and so I'm going to overrule what the state has determined. It's time for that guy to go. Okay, some news from the Mideast and Africa today. From the Times of Israel, UN nuclear chief, Iran's program advancing at a gallop. We have little visibility. They're admitting it. It's just going on and they can't do anything about it. Rafael Grossi said Tehran's nuclear project has grown enormously far beyond what it was in 2015. It is growth that is not only quantitative, but qualitative, also with levels of enrichment. This does not imply that Iran is making a nuclear weapon, but no country that does not have warlike projects enriches at that level, at 60%. The IAEA reported last month that Iran has 43 kilograms of uranium enriched to 60% purity, a short step to 90%. We are in a very complicated situation because Iran is not only advancing decisively and rapidly, but concurrently which reduces the IAEA's visibility over all those areas. Last month, Iran removed 27 surveillance cameras from nuclear sites in the country, with the IAEA saying this raised the risk of its inspectors being unable to track Tehran's advances. Grossi said then the move posed a serious challenge to its efforts, warning that it would be unable to maintain a continuity of knowledge about Iran's program. This would be a fatal blow to negotiations from all Israel. Bahraini King dismisses. Now, think if this would have happened before Trump did what he did. Bahraini King dismisses senior official who refused to shake hands with Israeli ambassador. That's rather amazing. The dismissed senior official, Mai Bint Mohammed Al-Khalifa, is a member of the royal family and had served as the chief of the Bahrain Authority for Culture and Antiquities until recently. The diplomatic snub reportedly happened last month during a funeral service for the father of U.S. Ambassador to Bahrain, Stephen C. Bondi. The Bahraini official reportedly left the ceremony to protest the presence of Eitan Na'e, Israel's first ever ambassador to Bahrain. Despite the dismissal, a government spokesperson stressed al-Khalifa's 20-year service with distinction on behalf of the kingdom. Wide-ranging changes announced this week within a number of government bodies follow on from the largest cabinet reshuffle in the kingdom's history. Updates to leadership positions within public sector bodies should not be misinterpreted. Despite being considered a controversial figure, Al-Khalifa has served previously as Bahrain's culture minister and info minister. In 2014, the Forbes Middle East ranked her as the sixth most powerful woman in the Arab world, and they fired her. The Bahraini king's decision to dismiss the official coincided with a phone conversation he had with Israeli Prime Minister Lapid on July 21st. He got a call. The guy said, we don't appreciate what was done to our ambassador, and they fired her. Good job. Gateway Pundit. Sweden, nine-year-old girl raped, nearly killed by Ethiopian migrant who claimed to be a minor and had just obtained residency. Now, I'm just reading this. This is something that happens again and again and again, and they keep allowing this to happen. 
and nothing is ever done about it. What about this person's rights and the rights of that family? A nine-year-old girl in Sweden was raped and nearly killed by an Ethiopian migrant who had just obtained residency. The 13-year-old migrant boy from Ethiopia, they still call him a boy even though they proved he's not, may be much older. It's very easy to tell how old somebody is, but they won't do it because they don't want to offend these people. Then his declared age, according to the prosecutor in the case. This is not uncommon in Europe and likely in the U.S. as well. In October 2015, 1,200 migrants with beards entered Stockholm, Sweden in a single day claiming to be refugee children. The migrants were carrying signs begging locals for assistance for child refugees. In Austria, officials in 2016 found that half of refugees claiming to be children were adults. And they just let them come in anyway. Gateway Pundit, how about this? Germany, Syrian refugee arrested and killing of 17-year-old Tabitha. She lost her life over this dirt ball. And they keep letting these people come into the nation. They do things like this. They put them in prison for a year, and then they let them back out on the streets. From the Washington Examiner, Rashida Tlaib, campaign events in 2018 were organized by alleged terror financers. Nothing will be done about it. Now something interesting from Mongolia. From the Financial Times, Mongolia says Russia-China gas pipeline will break ground in 2024. Mongolia expects Russia to begin construction of the gas pipeline through its territory to China within two years, as Moscow moves to connect its Europe-supplying gas fields to Asia. The Power of Siberia 2 project has become critical to Russia as it faces the prospect of losing Europe as a market for its gas after its invasion of Ukraine and accusations it is weaponized supply to create a price crisis. The feasibility study of this project has finished and we believe construction will begin in 2024. I wouldn't be surprised if they move that up. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. Here we go. Debrief. The Air Force is gearing up for action with its new fighter-mounted lasers. I've talked about this. They now have them on planes. The Air Force has received its first delivery of fully functional fighter-mounted lasers. The 60-kilowatt laser pods are fully functional and ready for immediate use. The military has been working on battle-ready lasers since 1980s. Unfortunately, those original models required massive amounts of chemicals and equipment to operate, making them impractical. More recently, the world's militaries have begun to test and deploy truck and ship-mounted lasers. Israeli defense officials recently unveiled the Iron Beam Laser Weapon, a system designed to complement their missile-based Iron Dome platform in downing enemy planes, drones, and potentially missiles. I've reported on all of that. Last December, the U.S. Navy reported a successful test of a ship-mounted laser, which destroyed a floating target designed to simulate a surface attack. In February of this year, the U.S. Navy test-fired a second laser weapon successfully downing fixed-wing UAVs and quadcopters, as well as high-speed drones that were simulating subsonic cruise missiles. Now the Air Force has taken delivery of all of the components it will need to begin mounting fully functional laser systems on its fighters. If successful, this step may signify a seismic shift in weapons and strategy within aerial combat, known as LANCE. The system is especially noteworthy for its lightweight, compact size, and minimal power requirements. This is the same thing as Israel, where uh, one missile they shot off was like 
$180,000 up to $900,000, different missiles they had to shoot off. And this cost Israel $2 a shot. Same things here. We shoot our missiles and there are millions or hundreds of millions of dollars. And oh, yes, look at that. They're, they're, that's actual footage of our military right there. Yes. Um, all extremely significant when equipping a fighter jet with this type of weapon platform. It is the smallest, lightest, high energy laser of its power class built to date. It is a critical benchmark in developing an operational laser weapon system in the airborne domain. You didn't realize that we had uh, fighter jets that could go into outer space, did you? Well, we do. <laughs> Mail online. Game changer. Blood test is even better at finding early breast cancers than a mammogram, especially among young women, research shows. That's a great, great thing. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. Let's see how that's going. From JTN, Fauci claims health officials were always aware of natural immunity to COVID-19. The NIAID director clarified that the natural immunity to COVID-19, listen to this, becomes less effective over time. Well, it does, but no kidding. You get the flu and you're, you're, you know, okay for a while. But the irony of that is that the shots last about 18 minutes and they're no longer effective. So for him to say this is the height of hypocrisy. Gateway Pundit. Deaths from unknown causes are now the leading killer in Alberta, Canada following the rollout of the experimental vaccine. I'll say it again. I say it from time to time. There has still not been one approved, FDA-approved vaccine administered, ever. Not one. They're all EUA because there's no liability for these drug companies. And the drug companies are just backfeeding money to the liberal politicians. Public health officials in Alberta are sounding the alarm after they recorded an unprecedented rise in deaths from unknown or ill-defined causes in 2020 and 2021. The total number of these deaths began rising at the start of the COVID pandemic, but really began ballooning out of control following the rollout of the experimental jab. According to the most recent data published by Alberta, deaths from unknown causes became the leading killer in the province, claiming more lives than heart disease, diabetes, and strokes combined in 2021. When compared to pre-pandemic data, the total number of deaths without a known cause is a staggering seven times higher than it was in 2019. In total, there were 3,362 of these deaths in 2021, which is more than double the 1,464 in 2020. In 2019, there were only 522. Now, I wonder what's doing that. What do you, what do you suppose is causing that? I think it's that shot. Uh, it, get out of here, you. Okay, from Breitbart. Government to target farmers with carbon emission cuts of around 28%. Officials within the Irish government, I know you've heard about the Danes. Well, the Irish government have been haggling over how badly to hammer the country's farms with green legislation for some time, despite the visceral reactions of farmers in fellow EU member state, the Netherlands, to the curbing of nitrogen emissions due to the damage of the EU-inspired restrictions will cause 
to their businesses. Ireland's Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnellug, I guess, I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't speak Irish, okay, as has already agreed to force a cut of either 27 or 28 percent on the country's farming sector, a move that will cause significant disruptions to local businesses. However, the publication also claims that there is still significant pressure on this guy to implement a curb of 30 percent, a measure the head of one of the country's largest farming organizations has said would result in a massive cut in cattle numbers in the country. A target of 30% would result in significantly reduced production, which could devastate the farming sector in Ireland. Exactly what's been going on in the Netherlands, they want to do it in Ireland. Okay, this is the goal, is to get rid of all of the cows on the planet, okay, have their little green agenda. One of my friends, she sent me a picture. She was at, I think, Aldi, okay, and she was uh, buying some chips or something, and she it had one thing, these uh, chips or something, they're uh, cheese-flavored, and she turned it over and took a picture of it for me. She said, read the label from now on out. Made from crickets. So that's it. They're no longer even using corn to make these chips. They're using crickets. Okay, and it was only in the it was in the uh, you know the the fine stuff. It wasn't like on the front. Made from crickets. Enjoy this. It was just in the back. Okay, even at the lower 28%, one of the Irish government's own officials emphasized that it would not be business as usual, with such a measure requiring drastic changes in Irish farming. Unlike in other sectors where technologies and or lifestyle changes could be utilized, there are no silver bullet solutions to reducing emissions from the agriculture and land use sector. Zero hedge. Okay, so we've got the Netherlands, and they're upset over there, and now Ireland is going to have the same problem, but it's going to end there, so don't worry about it. From Zero Hedge, Trudeau plans to slash Canadian fertilizer use and similar move to the Netherlands. Over the past few weeks, farmers across the Netherlands have vehemently turned up in droves to protest the government's plan to reduce nitrous oxide emissions, arguing it would have disastrous consequences for their businesses and eventually consumers. The source of their anger is a policy that is not unlike one which Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is seeking to implement in Canada. Take away the people's guns, you take away their food, you control the people entirely. Entirely. And that's what's happened up in Canada. They just frittered their rights away. They elected these numbskulls, these left-leaning people, and that's what the Americans are doing right now. We're throwing away our rights. They haven't got the Second Amendment yet, though. I'll say it again. I say it from time to time. The First Amendment is the most important amendment in principle. The Second Amendment is the most important amendment in practice. If you don't have a Second Amendment... You will not have a First Amendment. Morality is declining. Here's some news on that. From the post-millennial, FDA warns of brain swelling and permanent vision loss found in children taking puberty blockers. Now imagine this. They've been pumping kids full of this for years now. The agency considered the cases clinically serious and based on these reviews determined that pseudodotumor celebri idiopathic intracranial hypertension should be added as a warning for use in pediatric patients, said the FDA. They're not going to ban them. They're just going to say your kid could have a brain swell and die of, or turn into a mutant, you know, whatever, vegetable. They can't even think anymore. And instead of taking it off 
for children, they just put a little warning on the back. From Just the News. Families flee Pennsylvania school after boys are encouraged to wear dresses during Pride Month. At least two families have pulled their children out of a Pennsylvania middle school due to its woke agenda. Two families out of a whole school? All the other parents ought to be taken and put in prison. Citing how, among numerous things, children were not allowed to wear the American flag, but boys were encouraged to wear dresses at the school's Gay Pride Month celebrations. Breitbart, Maryland School. Its district requires assisting child gender transition lying to parents. Maryland's Montgomery County Public Schools is requiring teachers and administrators to both facilitate a child's gender transition and lie to the child's parents about it, according to a district-wide guidance. The school district also appears to promote a parental re-education plan for those who are non-supportive. Montgomery County employees are required to refer to a student by their preferred name and pronouns, the ones the student believes correspond to their chosen identity as opposed to the name their parents gave them and the pronouns that correspond to their actual biological sex. Despite that, the guidance makes clear that the references to what the student prefers should not be made when contacting parents in an effort to hide the child's gender ideation and the school's facilitation of it. According to the guidance, disclosing, here's how they get around this, disclosing a student's transgender status to parents may violate federal privacy laws as it constitutes confidential medical information. Now you're required to tell people whether you're vaxxed or not over the past couple years, or you can't go in and have, you know, a, a Sunday at McDonald's. But you, your children, are allowed to hide the fact that the school is helping them transition from one gender to another. Tell me this makes sense. Some other news from around the world. American military news, FBI sources, China. This is good news here. You're going to love this. China could disrupt U.S. nuclear missiles and more all over the U.S. For years, China telecom companies like Huawei have backed projects to install their equipment near military installations and critical infrastructure. Federal investigators who have reviewed these projects believe such telecom equipment could intercept or even block out critical strategic communications like those used to control the U.S. nuclear arsenal. According to multiple current and former officials and FBI agents, the equipment sold by Huawei could also tap into the highly restricted airwaves being used by key military organizations like the STRATCOM, which manages the entire nuclear arsenal. This gets into some of the most sensitive things that we do. It would impact our ability to essentially command and control the nuclear triad. If it is possible for that to be disrupted, then it is a very bad day. Huawei has secured numerous contracts along stretches of I-25 and traffic corridors that connect parts of Nebraska, Colorado, Montana, and Wyoming in an area of the country heavily populated with <coughs> nuclear missile silos. In late 2011, Huawei signed a contract to provide 3G communication equipment for Viero. Just over a decade later, Huawei has installed its equipment on Viero's entire fleet 
of around 1,000 cell towers. In addition to Huawei's telecom equipment, Viero has also installed high-definition surveillance cameras on its towers to provide 24-7 live stream weather and traffic footage. Investigators believe this footage also provided key insights into military activities in the area. Three sources familiar with the matter said live streams from these towers were being viewed in China. Vero, what's that? Insane. Vero CEO said it never occurred to him that the cameras could be a national security risk. He first learned of government concerns about Huawei equipment from newspaper articles rather than from any briefing by the FBI or other national security officials. Huawei has denied its equipment can be used for the espionage or sabotage purposes some federal officials described to CNN. While Huawei has repeatedly denied any nefarious behavior, one former official said that even the existence of high-level investigation into Huawei has turned some doves into hawks on China policy. Mail online. San Francisco's small businesses are closing in waves as just 24% of office workers return. 24% over the past two years. That is it. Big tech workers like Google are slow hiring and the city centers devolve into an open air drug market. The statistic illustrates the city's failure to recover from the pandemic with homeless encampments becoming commonplace over the past two years. Breitbart. Biden considers giving ID cards to illegal aliens released into the U.S. The administration is hoping to get needed congressional approval before the end of September, by the way, to roll out a pilot before a potential Republican takeover in November. They could be presented to TSA agents to allow unauthorized immigrants to more easily travel by plane or to access certain state benefit programs. From February 2021 to May 2022 alone, Biden has released over a million border crossers and illegal aliens into the United States interior. This is about twice the population of Wyoming and larger than the population of Austin, Texas. It's not an insurrection, though. Yeah, oh, yeah it's not an insurrection, right. <laughs> New York Post. Michigan businesses in uproar after a city decriminalizes public urination and defecation. Zero Hedge. It didn't work in San Francisco, but it'll work here. Zero Hedge. A flood of repossessed vehicles poised to hit the used car market. Now, right now, is one of the worst times ever to buy a car. Wait six months or a year and things will be different. Zero Hedge. Blackstone prepares a record $50 billion to snap up real estate during the coming crash. They know it's coming, they know there's gonna be a crash and they are going to buy it up and that means that we're gonna have a continued slave nation, people paying rent because they no longer have a house. And that is only, they did it the last two times that the economy tanked, they're gonna do it again big time. They've got the money ready right now. Florida governor, Governor Ron DeSantis announces Florida's statewide unemployment rate drops to 2.8% despite national economic conditions. A bright spot in the United States of America. Hey, we live in Florida. Hey! Gateway Pundit. President Trump promises, and I had said this. Remember I said this during this update a few, maybe two or three, four months ago? You're gonna remember it and you're gonna say, Charlie, 
You must have a line-in with Donald Trump. President Trump promises to rehire military fired by Joe Biden for refusing experimental vaccine with back pay. I said for him to do it months ago. And now he says he's going to do it. Okay, who said it? The fundamental basis of this nation's laws was given to Moses on the Mount. I don't think we emphasize that enough these days. If we don't have a proper fundamental moral background, we will finally end up with a totalitarian government which does not believe in the rights for everybody except for the state. Who said it? Thomas Jefferson? Nope. He's from Missouri. Truman. 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 Harry Truman. He was a Democrat, too. Yes. I went to his house when I traveled around the U.S. Teeny little house. He got no government stipend. He got nothing. He was in. He got out. He drove an old car. Unbelievable. Bahrain's king was just fit to be tied when his rep put out a handshake aside. When a guy's father dies, doesn't need a surprise, but instead, for the dead, love that's wide. Good job, Les. Okay, we've got a bit of irony here for you today. Just one. Mail online. Small plane crashes off of Huntington Beach during a lifeguard convention. And pilot is rescued by the attendees seconds later. That's the right place to crash your plane. (laughs) Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG report for the week.